Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Um, We're going to carry on our Taskmaster series, looking at how to solve some of life's everyday challenges. And this week, I want us to focus on parenting. Now, there is nothing like being a parent. It's an incredible role, you know, to care for and nurture a new life. It carries with it responsibilities, endless sleepless nights, an empty wallet, but some of the funniest and proudest moments of life. You know, this was taken about 21 years ago. And so I have now got three grown up children and spending time with all of them is probably what I look forward to the most. And as parents, we have the chance to invest and instill certain values into our children. You know, those qualities that we think are really important. About 15 years ago, we asked Sam, Alice and Rachel what they thought that we thought was important. And we were kind of hoping for compassion and kindness and loving God, you know. Their answer, being sensible and polite. (laughs) Interesting that our faith didn't get a mention. My job did though. But it struck Sarah and I that what we think of as important is often perceived differently by our children. You know, over the past 27 years, one of the greatest parenting values that I've held is to pass on faith to my children. You know, how could I encourage my children to grow in their love for God and live out a vibrant faith in Jesus? You know, this was a key part of Sarah's, that's their mum's, letter to each of them before she died. It's a tough one as there are no easy answers and no guarantees. I mean, I grew up being hugely influenced by two great Christian speakers and leaders. One had seen their children grow in faith and the other had experienced huge struggles and pain. Now, was one a better parent than the other? I don't think so. In my own family, you know, how come my sister and I have gone on in faith, but my brother has stepped back from it? You know, even the story of the prodigal son sees a son turning back on his dad and going his own way. And the dad in the story represents God. So was God a bad parent? Well, no. I've discovered that this issue can be one of the greatest causes of pain for Christian parents, you know, to see their children walk away from a faith in Jesus. Huge guilt and failure can be felt, and it's made all the worse when seeing other families uh, whose children are kind of cracking on with God. And sometimes what we perceive as them walking away from God is actually just them walking away from church. You know, faith is still present, but they don't like the church thing. And as parents, we must remember that we're not responsible for our children's choices. They are. It's called free will. And we let everyone else choose for themselves. And we must allow our own children to do the same. And our responsibility is not to make up their minds for them, but to create an environment where faith is modelled, where it can be nurtured and grown. And so that when decisions are made about faith by our children, it's done within a loving environment based on some good and positive experiences. 
You know, some of you watching will be thinking that today's talk is not for you. Either your kids have grown up or you've never had children. Look, I understand that, but listen, it's very likely that you'll have young nieces and nephews and grandchildren or have friends who have kids. And so we can, in fact, we do all play a part in helping children grow and develop. So listen with those people in mind. So today's challenge, how can we help our children to grow and develop a healthy relationship with God? You know, there's a fear that rests with many Christian parents based on what they've seen happen in other families or even in their own experience. And that fear is that of our children walking away from church and faith because we've forced it on them. You know, should we make them go to church when they don't want to? Should we pray with them even when they're grumpy? <laughs> you know, the fear creates a very nervous and reactive style of spiritual parenting. And rather than having a consistent approach, we just try and kind of grab moments as they arise and hope that we can take the opportunity well to invest spiritually into our kids. You know, if it goes well, then we're happy. And if it doesn't, we kind of feel we've blown it for a while until hopefully another opportunity arises. Strange, but we don't do that with any other kind of parenting, you know, over things that are important. I mean, no one says, I don't want my child to feel like he has to go to school. I just want him to choose it out of his own desire to grow and learn. (laughs) No, you walk with them to school regardless because you know that education is important. You don't say, I'm going to leave it up to them as to whether they choose to clean their teeth. No, it becomes a regular disciplined habit. Why? Because it's important. In other words, in most important areas of life, we are proactive and disciplined in instilling values and practices into our children. Now, whether they choose to keep learning or whether they choose to keep cleaning their teeth when they're grown up is their choice. But you've put in the time and energy to help them make wise choices. You know, we know that our influence is essential in giving our kids a safe and healthy life, but we can lose confidence when it comes to our children's spiritual health. You know, passing on spiritual values doesn't happen casually. Now, there's an element that some things are more caught than taught, absolutely. In other words, our kids will copy and pick up behaviours and phrases from us. And it's so important that they see an authentic and honest relationship with God lived out in us. You know, we need to model a life of faith, but sadly, that's not enough. Having a strong faith doesn't mean that it will trickle into our children. You know, some of the greatest spiritual leaders in the Bible were passive spiritual parents and they reaped the consequences. King David, one of Israel's greatest leaders who was described as a man after God's own heart, was a passive spiritual parent and his children caused havoc. His family was a mess. Only Solomon really picked up on on the faith of his dad. So being an example is not enough. It's important for integrity, but not enough. We need to teach. And in the Bible, there is this huge importance put on parents to train their children to teach them, not just optimistically hope that they catch it. So early on, Moses writes these words. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and strength. Memorize his laws and tell them to your children over and over again. Talk about them all the time, whether you're at home, whether you're walking along the road or going uh, to bed at night or getting up in the morning. In other words, make faith and following God part of your everyday life. Model it and teach it. I'm going to come on to that in just a bit in a few moments. 
In Proverbs 22:16, Solomon writes these words, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Now, this is a principle, not a promise. It's not a guarantee. But when we invest early on, we can see the rewards later. And faith is both taught and caught. And because it's hard and because it requires intentionality, it's easy to delegate the teaching part to church. Now, I work for the church, and so, of course, I think that what we do uh, with and for our kids and young people is essential. And it is, and I am so grateful to our church for the investment that people have made, like Sam Walker, Matt Levitt, Dan Wasp, Jenny Elphick, the, the, the investment they've made in my children. And, you know, friendship at church has been key in keeping my kids staying engaged through their pre-teen years and as teenagers. Honestly, I think church for kids and young people is so important as there's this clear programme of teaching that's used to reinforce certain values. So within Little Village, our preschool age group, all the teaching is built around these three learnings that God made me, that God loves me and that Jesus wants me to be my, uh, what Jesus wants to be my friend. That is so simple and so memorable. You know, within Uptown Kids, our primary school age group, all the teaching is based towards these three learnings. I need to make the wise choice, which is all about wisdom. I can trust God no matter what, which is faith. And I should treat others the way that I want to be treated, which is friendship. See, it's so good, isn't it? And the problem, though, with leaving the teaching and the faith development to the church is that we create largely a corporate experience for our children while hoping this produces a very personal relationship. I mean, kids pick up that we learn about God at church, that we pray to God at church. And so God can get boxed into being a Sunday church thing, not a vibrant personal relationship every day. You know, church can influence about two or three hours a week maximum with our kids and young people. And partnership with the church is vital, but we need to show our children how faith works in practice during the other 166 hours of the week. And of course, COVID-19 has made meeting up impossible over these past six months. And so for us as adults, it's been hard enough to stay engaged and keep growing in faith. So what happens to the faith of our kids and our young people? Is it on hold until church starts up again? (laughs) No. You see, we can use the resources that go out each week online and we can watch with our kids. We can do the song actions, which will make them laugh. And then we can talk about what they've heard and learning to help them process what they've heard. And if you don't have time, create time. Be intentional about it. Sarah Jocelyn from I watched with her daughter Hannah during homeschooling one week. Uh, And Hannah, after watching what the forger put online, became a Christian. I mean, how good is that? As parents, we can play our part in seeing our kids' faith flourish. But how do we do that? Well, we need to give our children access to our relationship with God. We need to show them how it works. You know, as we grow up, our children will know what we believe and that our belief shapes our decisions. And they'll certainly know what we disapprove of because we don't normally hide that very well. You know, have you heard that so-and-so has done? You know, he's such a fool, isn't he? And so often we don't actually allow our children to see how our relationship with God works. 
You know, much of our own walk with God is usually private. It's done behind closed doors. You know, we, our praying is in the car on the way to work. Our Bible reading is done by ourselves. And maybe it's time to start being less private and begin sharing our experiences with God. At home, mum and dad used to do their daily Bible reading in the morning and the Bible and notes were left on the kitchen table. And at times I'd read the notes. It kind of created a bit of intrigue in me as to what they were reading. You know, if there was an article that Sarah wanted the kids to read, she'd accidentally leave it next to the toilet. And nearly always the kids would read it without ever being asked to, uh, or told to do so. You know, faith is about truth and experience. Truth and experience have to be connected to be meaningful. You know, the big danger for church kids is that they know lots. They know all the right answers. They know all the Bible stories, but they experience little. It's as if that knowledge numbs the real relationship. You know, faith becomes something you do rather than someone you know. And our role as parents is to help our children experience a relationship with Jesus. And we do that by talking personally about our own walk with Jesus, sharing our own stories that can relate to their experience. And it's about being a guide, not a gatekeeper to their faith. You know, our natural reaction is to want to protect our children from disappointment. So we create over-controlled environments that are safe for them to interact with God. So we pray for them instead of with them. We encourage them to pray generally rather than specifically to avoid disappointment of God not always answering in the way that we'd like. And every time we do these things, we're saying that we don't really trust God with our children. You know, I remember when Alice was much younger um, uh, and she, for whatever reason, decided she wanted to pray that Uncle Ron, who was in the RAF, wouldn't have to go to Iraq during the war there. So she fasted from all TV and computer games. And I remember feeling a bit nervous as Ron's deployment grew ever closer. But Alice persisted. And I remember having the what if conversation with her. And her reply was this, then I'll just pray that God will protect him while he's there. And what I feared would be a knockback to her faith wasn't at all. Ron went, but her capacity for faith was greater than I gave her credit for. You know, encourage children to chat with God about anything. Take away the religiousness of it and make it natural. You know, in her book, Parenting Children for a Life of Faith, Rachel Turner encourages parents to get their children to chat to God about the little things at any time. To tell God their favourite joke, the best film they've seen and why, uh, one thing they really like about themselves, something that scares them, a time when they've felt lonely or upset. You see, it's all about relationship, not about prayer, but they learn to pray relationally and encourage them to share feelings, not just information. So when the pet gerbil dies, you don't have to encourage them to tell God everything that's happened and then to pray for the gerbil. No, no, but to chat with God about how they feel, about why they're upset and what they'd like God to do to help them. So we make it personal, experiential and honest and encourage them to listen and sense what God might be saying. You know, I love the story of Eli and Samuel found in 1 Samuel chapter 3. God speaks to Samuel at night when he's a child and he presumes that it's Eli that's calling him because he hadn't heard God speak before. Eli sends him back to bed and it happens again and Eli sends him back to bed and the third time 
Eli twigs what's going on and then tells Samuel to answer, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And Samuel needed to learn to identify God's voice. You know, kids have a great ability to sense and hear God. So we need to encourage them in that. You know, what pictures do they see? What words or feelings do they have? Guide them in understanding that God communicates too. And as parents talk about how God has whispered to you, you know, don't give them correct answers. Be honest about your experiences. And as a parent or parents, we play such a key role in the growth and development of our kids. And we have such influence, especially in those early years. So I want to ask you to stop and to think about what is so important to you that you want to pass on to your kids? What are the values that you want to instill in your children? I mean, talk about it, get some clarity, and then be proactive and intentional about it. You know, start children off on the way that they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Faith is both caught and taught. So show your kids what's important to you, model faith and values, and be proactive in teaching them how to grow a relationship with their heavenly father. Pray regularly for them and encourage them to chat with God about anything and everything. And ultimately, a decision about faith rests with them. But we can set a great foundation if we're intentional, open, and living in a relationship with God ourselves. There's so much more that I could say about this, but I want to encourage you, uh, if you have children, to sign up to Parenting Children for a Life of Faith. It's a group that starts in October and just runs through till Christmas. Uh, you can do that via our website. The details are there on the screen. Or you can buy the book. It is such a helpful book with lots of insight. But this week, we're going to develop more on Wednesday at Unpack Lunch at one o'clock uh, online. Uh, Think Differently Thursday at five o'clock. Helen is going to be talking with parents. And on Friday, Friday with Fennings at 1 p.m. too. And on Sunday, we're holding a fun family event, a COVID-friendly car treasure hunt. Okay, it starts at half past one next Sunday uh, at uh, Stonham Baptist Church. That's where we're meeting to start. You know, there is so much happening because we want to support you as parents. Hey, let me pray for you at this point. Father, you have made every one of us for a purpose, you know, to know you and to love you and to be in a relationship with you and follow you. That's true for us and it's true for our children and our grandchildren and our nieces and nephews and our friends' children too. Father, would you help every parent and carer watching today to use their influence well, to invest love and hope and value into their children's lives? And would you help us to establish a secure foundation of faith for our kids so that when it comes to them choosing their direction in life, they'll choose you. And Lord, for parents who live with the hurt and heartbreak of children who have walked away, would you give them the strength and the faith to keep praying, to keep loving, to not let go and to be patient as they long to see their prodigals returning. In Jesus' name. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the field. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.